0: Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Cultivate Church Online. I know that this is a a unique way for us to connect every single week, but I'm so glad that you're a part of worship this week. And I especially want to say that if you're new to Cultivate Church and maybe you're tuning in for the very first time, we want to welcome you as our guest today. We've prepared an incredible time of worship together. The Word's going to be encouraging, so I'm so glad that you're tuned in this morning. Get ready to worship. It's going to be a great day ahead.
1: Well, hey, everybody. Man, I'm so glad you're here with us today. Thank you for tuning in. What worship incredible today. If you're our guest, thank you for being here at Cultivate Church online. Let us know you're here. Maybe say something in the comments. Maybe this is your first time tuning in. We're honored that you're spending your day with us. We're in week three of a series we've called Come Alive. And before we dive into the message together, I do want to remind you that this Thursday, the 23rd of April, this Thursday from 10 to 4, we're hosting a blood drive at our Alabaster campus. Because of social distancing, it's appointment only, so I'm sure you've seen the link in our social media. You can look through our Facebook feed right there at some point today and log on to that link and schedule your time. I want to encourage you to do that. Any way that we can serve, we're going to serve, and this is a great way for us to even be generous, be a generous church through giving blood. So make sure that you're a part of that as much as we can. We'd love to get everybody that we can involved in giving blood this Thursday from 10 to 4 at our Alabaster campus, all right? So again, week three, come alive. The title of our message is Live Out Loud. So here's our theme verse. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Come on, last week we celebrated Resurrection Sunday. Come on, we celebrated the fact that the Spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead, conquering death, hell, and the grave. It still blows my mind. I mean, I'm talking daily. I'm just blown away that, man, who am I, God, that you would love me enough to send Jesus, that even, even if it was just me, he died for my sins. Can I tell you that the same resurrection we celebrated last week is still effective today. Jesus lived a sinless life. He died. And three days later, he came back to life, conquering death, hell, and the grave. He then ascended to the Father in order to further prepare a place for us called heaven. He talks about that in John chapter 14. And in turn, he sent us a helper, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Come on, if you're a follower of Jesus, lives in you. Why did he do that? Have you ever thought, why all of this? Why this process? Why did you go to the Father? and Why did you send a comforter? He sent it. Why? So that we could continue to carry the torch for Jesus. The baton was passed from him to the church, and we're now running the race that Jesus laid out, really from the foundations of the earth. The Bible teaches us that the, the apostles, the first apostles in the early church in the book of Acts, they turned the world upside down by living out their faith. It wasn't just a personal faith. Come on, we realize that that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he wants to resurrect things in our life too. You see, Jesus didn't come to make us better people. He came to make us alive people. He came to make us, from, raise us from death to life. And the same resurrection power that raised him wants to raise us. Throughout history, the local church has risen to the occasion. It hasn't always been perfect. Come on, we're people. We haven't always gotten it right. I don't know about you, but I'm not a perfect person. But the vision has never changed. That... that, that Every person would know Jesus and the power of his resurrection and would have an opportunity to spend eternity with him in heaven. Come on, he tells us in, uh, in the Gospels right before he ascends back to the Father for us to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all of his commands. We say it this way as a church. How do we respond that we'll do anything short of sin? That people might know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. That they would become fully devoted followers of our Lord Jesus. So how do we do that? We do that by walking the talk. Come on, you've grown up in the Bible Belt, many of us here at Cultivate Church... Grew up in the Bible Belt. It's hard to find people in our areas that have not at least been to church at some point. And there are so many people that I know that have heard plenty of talk their whole life. Come on, they've seen people claim Christianity but not live it out. They've seen people say they know Jesus but treat people completely opposite. Gandhi said it this way He said, I love your Christ, but I don't love your Christians. Why? Because they don't act the same. Don't you know that that term, Christian, we were even labeled that. It was even given to followers of Jesus because there was a season in which anyone who followed Jesus in the early church, they acted like him. They looked like him. They spoke like him. They walked in faith like Jesus. They said they began calling them Christians because that's who they were emulating And come on, how many of us could take an honest assessment of our life and say, I'm living out my faith in a way that would lead people to see Jesus through me? I want to give you three things today that I believe if we guard and monitor these things in our life, we'll be living out our faith in such a way that people would see us and they would know we're living our lives full of purpose, the purpose of God living through us, making a difference in our spheres of influence, I want to pray with you, and then we're going to dive into our notes today. Father, we love you. We're thankful for your grace. Thank you, Father, that your word, it is alive and breathing, and it is real, and it is for us, for our correction, for our inspiration, to teach us, to equip us for every good work that you're calling us to. So, Lord, I pray today that you would get all of the glory out of this moment. God, wherever we're tuning in from, Holy Spirit, unite us together. God, I pray that you inspire us, that you convict us, that you teach us, and that we walk out of this place today. God, we, we walk away from our devices today, wherever we're tuning in from. God, knowing that we've met with your presence, inspired to live a life on purpose in a way that honors you, that you would get all of the glory and all of the honor out of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So what does it look like for us to walk the talk that many of us have, have claimed in our own lives. Number one, I do that with what I think. How do I walk the talk with the way that I think? Well, the Bible says it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses four through six. It says the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. They're not physical weapons. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Come on, if you've printed out your notes, I'd encourage you to underline that. Maybe write that down in a notebook somewhere. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to to Christ. There's incredible power in what I allow my mind to fixate on. It's why the Apostle Paul encouraged everyone in Philippians chapter 4 to focus on whatever is pure, whatever is holy whatever's a good report, focus on those things. Why did he do that? Well, if you can put yourself in his shoes for just a moment, Paul, when he wrote the book of Philippians, was sitting in house arrest. History tells us that he was most likely awaiting a death sentence. This was the nearing the end of his life. He had even said it at times, I have run the race. He's coming To the end. And he is writing a book and encouraging people to focus on the good, to focus on the God, focus on whatever's of a good report and holy and pure. Because I can imagine. If I was there, and I was under house arrest, and I was shackled to a guard, and I was waiting any moment, any day, any minute, for someone to walk in and give me my final sentence of death, and ever Lord knows how horrific it would have been that, that was going to happen. Don't you know that anxiety was attacking his mind? Don't you know that the pain of abandonment could have been overwhelming? Don't you know that had he allowed it to, had he allowed his mind to go in a certain direction, that bitterness and anger and and depression and hurt could have rooted itself in his mind, except the whole book of Philippians is about joy. Let my joy be complete. He says that over and over again. He realizes that, he says this in Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ, that strengthens me. He was, uh, he was determined to allow, to, 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 to shift the way that he thought. When any, when, uh, of all the circumstances, he had justifiable right to be down, to be depressed, to be hurting, to be angry. He fought against that with his thought process. He understood the importance of taking every thought captive and submitting it to Jesus. So how do I guard my mind? How do I, how do I uh, walk the talk by the way that I think? The first thing I'll share with well, this is extra, not in your notes, is you need to focus on the positive. Focus on the positive. Here's one thing I've learned in my life. You can't have a positive life with a negative mind. If all I'm, fo- if all, if all I'm focusing on are negative things... If that's, if that's the, the direction that I'm going, I'm going to have a negative life. It's not going to go my way. I remember learning to ride a bike when I was younger. My father taught me how to ride a bike. And the greatest lesson my dad taught me when I was learning to ride a bike as a kid was that what I focused on is where I was going to end up. I learned that the hard way the first few times as I was learning to ride a bike, and I ended up in a ditch or running into a mailbox, or I even ran into their vehicle at one time. I remember vividly learning what you focus on is the direction that your bike is going to go. And can I tell you that rings true even for our lives today. What I focus on is where my life is going. I should focus on the positive. Focus on the positive. Dwell on good things, Pure things, holy things, things of a good report. Allow your mind to focus on those things. And then number two, don't dwell on the negative. Focus on the positive. Don't dwell on the negative. Martin Luther said it this way, you can't stop birds from flying around your head, but you can certainly stop them from building a nest. What does that mean? It means that I can't stop every negative thought that pops into my mind. I can't stop every offense that I would take because of something someone said, because of something someone did, because of something I saw on television or on social media. I can't stop that, that that jerk reaction that pops into my mind. So that's what I would say is a bird flying around your head. But you can certainly not dwell on it. You don't have to invite it in and give it a bed and a place to sleep and you don't have to invite li- uh, time to dwell on it over and over and over again. You see, many of us have allowed negative thoughts to enter into our mind and to set up shop. They've built a home and they've knocked out the cobweb and they're, they're rearranging the furniture and these negative thoughts are taking root into our mind and they're settling down into our heart and it's causing bitterness to root into our spirit and it's changing the way that we live our lives. Come on, dwelling is to build a home. Maybe for some of you, you've allowed depression to settle in. Anger, offense, anxiety, fear. Come on, in the season that we find ourselves in, nobody would look at you and think that's not justifiable. Come on, we've all had moments of fear or anxiety over the last few weeks, maybe months. But can I tell you, those things flying over our head, they cannot root into our mind and down into our heart. Why? Because number two, if you're taking notes today, why do we need to take thoughts captive? Because what I think leads to what I say if I think it, eventually I'm going to begin to speak it. So it's imperative that we take thoughts captive, submit them to Jesus, because the Bible says it this way. Number two, what I say, what I say, here's what the Bible says, Proverbs 18, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those that love it will eat its fruit. You see, everything in my Everything that ever comes out of my mouth, it's one of two things. It's either speaking life or it's speaking death. There's no middle ground. And what I think begins to affect what I say. How do you know that, Brandon? Well, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12. A tree is identified by its fruit. Notice that Proverbs said this, the tongue has the power of life and death and those that eat it will, those that love it will eat its fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit if a tree is good, the fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, the fruit will be bad and he goes on to uh, address people he says, "You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? Listen to what he says for whatever your whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Whatever I allow to settle into my mind and into my heart and into my spirit, it determines." What I say, one translation says, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Verse 35, it says, a good person produces good things from the treasury, you wanna underline that, the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, that you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Can I tell you today that everything that comes out of my mouth, it's, most of, it's not a, re, a knee-jerk reaction. It is from the treasury of my heart. Those things that I have allowed over time to settle into my mind, to seep into my heart, it's a treasury. It's been there for a while. And out of that overflow, I begin to speak. It's why many times maybe you've been frustrated over and over again and have you ever been or seen someone or maybe you've been that person where you finally said enough is enough and you blow up and you say things you wish you hadn't have said and you do things you wish you hadn't have done. Why? Why? Because it's an overflow of bent up frustration, anger, bitterness. Right? We've been there. It's a treasury Come on, so for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So how do I begin to fill the treasury of my heart? Number one, I I fill it by what I see. By what I see, the eyes, the eyes are the windows to the soul. I also fill it by what I hear, what I allow in my life. If you don't want a negative mind and you don't want negative thoughts to settle into your heart, into your mind and to to affect what you see, you need to fill it with things that are of God. Focus on the things of God. Listen to the things of God. Listen to his word. Come on, put on some worship music and begin to honor God through worship and through music. Fill your home with positive things. Above all else, the Bible tells us in Proverbs to guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. It's the wellspring of Of life. How do I begin to take captive thoughts so that it controls? I'm submitted to Christ, and the things that I begin to speak. Number three, if you're taking notes, it controls what I do. What I say eventually dictates the decisions that I've made. Based on how I talk, what do my kids see in me? Come on, do they see Jesus? Do they see my does my spouse see Jesus? Do my neighbors see Jesus? Come on, my sphere of influence, how I talk, it's gonna dictate the decisions that I make. James chapter one says this. But I don't just, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Come on, how many of us have done that before? Come on, we have fooled ourselves into thinking we are in a good spot simply by going to a church on a Sunday, simply by reading the Bible, simply by turning on some worship music, simply by hearing, right? Don't just, don't just hear, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, you walk away and you instantly forget what you look like. Maybe ask yourself today, what are you doing? Come on, have you ever asked your kids that before? You walk in the room and then like you don't, like it's chaos and you're going, what are you doing? Maybe ask yourself that in the context of your own life right now. Hey, Brandon, what are you? Doing, what you do matters. Blessing is on the other side of obedience. Matthew chapter seven says it this way. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. And anyone who listens and obeys who does it is wise. Listen to this. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the wind beat against that house, it won't collapse Because it is built on a bedrock. Verse 26 says this But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds the house on the sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. What I am doing will either sustain me or destroy me when the rain comes and the flood rises or the virus attacks or my spouse has an affair, or my kids rebel, or I get a bad doctor's report. Come on, can I tell you today? It rains on the just and the unjust. Jesus didn't say it wouldn't rain on your life just because you built your house on a rock. It says when it comes, not if it comes, when it comes. I think if anything that any of us could uh, learn from the season that we found ourselves in over the last couple of months is, is life can change like that. Heard a pastor say one time that life is tissue paper thin. It can change in the blink of an eye. And can I, know, can I tell you today that what you are found doing, the obedience to God's word is either gonna sustain you or the lack thereof is going to destroy you. What am I doing? How am I living my life? How am I walking in obedience To God's word? Am I only a hearer of the things of God? Have I only heard them and not taking it seriously? Have I only been a listener and not a doer? Come on, ask yourself this question. Write these questions down. How's my prayer life? Come on, am I spending sustained time in God's presence through prayer? Are you experiencing the presence of God through worship on a personal level? Between you and God? Are you meditating? on his word. What does life look like in your obedience to his word? And I tell you, it's not your pastor's responsibility. It's not your small group leader's responsibility. It's not your spouse's responsibility to obey the word. It's not your parents' responsibility to obey the word for you. You see, this relationship with God, it's gotta be a personal thing that you live out yourself. So if I'm gonna come alive And I'm going to live out my faith. And I'm going to be an influence for the gospel for people around me. It's got to start with how I think. And I got to begin to focus on and dwell on the things of God and the goodness of God and the grace of God. Come on, I'm not going to forget his benefits. He he forgives me all of my sins and he heals all of my diseases. He brings me good things. Come on, he's a good God that loves you today. I'm going to begin to dwell on things that are of a good report and a positive report. I'm going to take captive uh, uh, thoughts, take captive negative thoughts. I'm going to submit them to the presence of God, to the to the will of God. I'm submitting them to Christ. Come on, he hadn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of self-discipline, of a sound mind. I'm not going to I'm not gonna walk in unforgiveness. I'm not going to dwell on the negative. I'm going to forgive those people because I realize that today, uh, walking in unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to dwell on the negative. I can't have a positive life with a negative mind. I'm going to shift the way that I think, and that's going to begin to change the way that I speak. Come on, you're going to begin to speak life into people today. You're going to begin living your life on purpose in the way that you communicate. Come on, most of us, a lot of us right now, we're isolated, and the best way we can have touch with people is through what we say. And am I found living a life on purpose? with? Are those closest to me? Do they see Jesus in the way that I speak? From the reservoir, from the treasury of my heart and my speaking life, and then, am I walking in obedience to God's word? I want to pray with you right where you are. Maybe you're here today and your mind has been plagued with anxiety and depression and fear. Come on, rightfully so, I believe the enemy, isolation is the enemy's playground, and I believe he has attacked the minds of people in so many ways over the last couple of months. And today, I want to encourage you, come on, there is light at the end of the tunnel. His name is Jesus. There is a better way, and you can fill the reservoir of your heart, the treasury of your heart with good things. Come on, whatever's of good report and of good mind, Think on those things. Take those thoughts captive and submit them to Christ. We're going to pray with you in just a moment. And maybe that's controlled the way that you've spoke. And maybe, maybe you need to repent to your family right now. Maybe there's some things that you need to apologize for. And, and you need to begin to uh, speak life, life. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And you're going to begin to speak life into people. And then maybe today you're here and you've not been walking obedience to his word. And maybe you've not been doing that because you really don't honestly have a relationship with him. Can I tell you today, there is a difference between trusting Jesus in your, as you, just your Savior and trusting him as your Lord as well. You see, there's probably not a person under the sound of my voice that would not want the deal of Jesus as your Savior. You mean to tell me that Jesus came and he lived a sinless life. He died on a cross bearing my sin. And if I accept him as my Savior, I don't have to spend an eternity in hell and I get to spend an eternity in heaven with him, absolutely, I want that deal. Probably be, wouldn't be one of us that denied that. But there's so many people that want that part of the deal, and they don't want to follow Jesus as Lord. And I want you to know that it can't, you can't have one without the other. Jesus has got to be your Lord. And today, I'm going to invite you to surrender your entire life to the presence of God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. It says that he loved you so much he came, lived a sinless life and he died on a cross but three days later he came back to life and he ransomed us. It was for our sins. He purchased our salvation and it says that if we would believe in him that we would not perish but have everlasting life. So today I'm gonna lead you in a prayer right where you are. You're here today and you're tuning in today maybe for the first time you're you're committing your life to Christ. You're making a decision to put him first in your life. Maybe you can just repeat after me right where you are. Father, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I accept you as my savior. Thank you for going to the cross. Thank you for taking my sin upon yourself. And thank you for dying for me. And even more so than that, thank you for coming back to life three days later, conquering death, hell, and the grave. And today I'm accepting you. I believe that you died on the cross and came back to life. I believe that you have forgiven me of my sins. I repent of my life. I repent of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. And from this day forward, I follow you as my Lord. Thank you for changing my life. From this day forward, I get to live a life on purpose that honors you. And Father, I thank you for every other person under the sound of my voice. Right now, God, I pray for those struggling with depression right now. God, we speak to that and say it has to bow in the name of Jesus. We speak to sickness. God, we pray you eradicate this virus that's taken over our world. God, we speak to, uh, we don't speak things in our own strength, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I speak speak to people struggling with anxiety and anger and bitterness. God, I speak to sickness. We speak healing into their lives. And God, I pray that you would do what only you can do. God, we pray, God, that you would shift the way that we think. God, that it would change and mold the way that we speak, that we would live it out and make a difference in our homes in our neighborhoods, God, on our jobs, that people would see a tangible difference in the lives that we live from this point forward that you would get all of the honor out of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, if you made a decision to follow Jesus today, welcome to the family of God. The Bible says that all heaven is celebrating right now, and we want to celebrate with you. So please uh, follow the link in the, comments, in, the, uh, in the comments section on your screen. Please let us know that you made a decision to follow Jesus. We're going to send you some information on your next steps and your faith journey, and we can't wait to celebrate through baptism what God's doing in your life. I want you to know the best is yet to come. Church, thank you so much for tuning in. We love you. We're praying for you this week, and we can't wait to see you soon.
0: Once again, thank you for joining us for Cultivate Church online today. It's been an incredible morning all day, and I just want to encourage you that maybe you tuned in today and you made a decision to give your heart and your life to Jesus. We want to celebrate with you, and we would love to hear from you. There's a there's an email listed on your screen, and we would love for you to send us something, just letting us know that you made a decision to give your heart and your life to Jesus today. We would even love to reach out to you and just congratulate you and let you know that we're gonna be praying for you. And then for those of us who call Cultivate Church home, you know that we extend our worship in a time of giving each and every week. And if you're tuning in for the first time and Cultivate Church is not your home, this is not for you. There's three simple ways on your screen that you can give and be a part of what we're doing together not just as a street corner, but as the church impacting our communities and the world around us, especially in a time like this. So thank you for your generosity and for continuing to give during this season. We're praying for you, church. We can't wait to see you in a small group online. If you need something, let us know. We're here to serve you and to serve alongside with you. So go this week, live life on purpose, and make a difference in the lives of those around you.